Okay. Ready? We'll do. A, let's do one, two, three, four, five, and then clap on six. Okay. But do. But you got to do the ands. One and two and three and four. That. Yes. And then we'll clap five and and clap on six. Yep. Okay. Here we go. Ready? Mm-hmm. All right. Together, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. No. Here we go. Okay. One and two and three and four and five and. Oh, I forgot to clap. God damn it, really? Hey, everybody, welcome to I'm Okay, You're Okay, I'm Not Okay, You're Not Okay. With me, Bob Schneider, and your other host, Clint Wells. You're welcome. There we go. Got that delay happening once again. So, what's up? So, you're stressed out? Well, yeah, I'm pretty stressed out this week. What's up? I've just only been home two days. I've been really busy. Been gone a lot. And uh, where'd, we're bo- where'd you go? Uh, the last like five or six days, I was on the, in the Pacific Northwest. A couple of days in Seattle. I was in Eugene, Oregon, Moscow, Idaho. And then you know I'm right back on the bus again tonight, and uh, just not home enough. And then we're buying a second car, which is just. You know, like it's hard to cram that into a couple of days being home. I got to mow the goddamn lawn, which seems to grow, I don't know, every 26 minutes. <laughs> and <laughs> there's just a lot to do, man. I don't yeah. know. That's I guess that's a hallmark of being older is having a lot of responsibilities. But Or just being a human being and being alive. Does your Do your kids do this? I mean, I remember doing it when I was a kid. All they want, really, is to be a, to be a grown-up. And it's so weird to see that because it's like, hmm, you should really enjoy being a child while you can. You got it pretty good. Yeah, I remember wanting to grow up when I was a kid, sort of. I don't know. I didn't, did you, I mean, I'm 52. <laughs> we just lost a couple of people when I said that. Um, I finally feel grown up. But it's only been, I was 45 and I was still acting pretty much like a 16-year-old. Right. Most of my emotional, uh, (laughs) that words are not coming to me. Most of my emotional growing up, most of my growing up emotionally happened in the last like seven years. Yeah. And it had a lot to do with having kids mm -hmm. and being like kind of present, sort of present some of the time for them. We also have a. We could talk about this for a minute because it may be interesting to folks. We also have a job that doesn't make it easy to grow up. Like there's a lot of arrested development with people who do the job that we do. You don't have to grow up if you're a musician. Exactly. Like I always, you tell, can, yeah, it's totally true. I always tell it to people this way: I could be in Europe in a city I've never been in where I don't speak the language, and if I don't have a tour manager, I'll figure that shit out. I'll I'll fucking solve the problem. I'm a, I'll be the papa bear, I'll be the alpha male, blah, blah, blah. If I've got a tour manager, I suddenly become, where do I pee-pee? Where do I make doo-doo? I become a child if I have a tour manager, because their job is to take care of you and treat you like a child. Right. Well, should we welcome people to the podcast? I don't know. Sure. Now that we've used the words pee-pee and poo-poo. <laughs> welcome to uh, <laughs> Welcome to I'm okay, you're okay. I'm not okay, you're not okay. 
I'm PP. <laughs> I'm poo poo. <laughs> and uh, anyways, we're here to talk about stuff. All right, whatever, whatever really comes to mind. We're starting off with some stress. So yeah, life is stressful for shiz. That's why I play Candy Crutch. And Solitaire is my new game. By the way, if you play like, I don't know, a thousand hours of Candy Crutch, which I've done, the crutch, I call it, the Candy Crutch. By the way, nobody cusses the way I cuss at Candy Crush. Yeah. Uh, as soon as I solve something, basically I'm saying stuff like, this is me playing Candy Crush. My wife's looking at me like with pure anger and hate and revulsion as I'm playing it. By the way, I haven't played it in front of her in probably two years because of that. So, but when I used to, that's what I would get. Now I have to do it in private, like a heroin junkie. Like I have to hide away and do my crutch. But I'll sit there and if I solve a, a level, I'm like, yeah, you motherfucking goddamn son of a fucking cocksucking piece of fuck wash shit, bitch. <laughs> I'm just cussing at it when I win. Yeah. So anyways, that's that, I like to cuss at my candy crutch. I'm but gonna, anyways, I'm, what, I'm, what, I'm, what I get to do is I get to not live for a few minutes. I like, imagine which is wonderful. I'm, I imagine you're cussing at it though when you lose, also, right? No, no. When I'm losing, I'm like you're just sad and quiet. I'm sad and quiet, and then <laughs> when I'm winning, I'm angry and alive. Man, I don't so. derive that much pleasure from games. Well, you have to find the right one. But okay, so I've played a thousand hours of Candy Crush. I've got three thousand levels. <laughs> I've actually played three. Wait, can it be true? 3,000 levels? Yeah, I think I've played 3,260 levels. Well, it's of a, it's a never ending game, right? Because they want you to keep playing and spending money on it, right? And they keep adding it. But can that be right? Can it be 3,000 or is it 300? I don't know. Whatever it is, it's real scary and fucked up how many I've played. Wow. Um, but lately I've been playing Solitaire, which doesn't have any levels and you don't achieve anything. And your life is gone after you've played it. And then you just keep playing it. Because what it does for a few seconds, you don't have to feel anything. You don't have to worry about the second car or getting on a tour bus or dying or all of the other things that suck. I'm playing solitaire right now. <laughs> I know, dude. Don't get hooked on it, though. because I really do feel like it's... I feel like a junkie when I'm playing it. Like, I'll be so tired, I can't even keep my eyes open, and I'm, I'll still play it, because I I don't want to feel anything ever. <laughs> I Jeez. don't. Yeah. I know. I it's understand. Bad. I understand. <laughs> I know you do. You don't like feelings? Well, it's not that I don't like them. I was just born with uh, the illness where you just feel them all, all the time. Yeah. All the time. Intensely. I don't think everybody's like that. I think some people don't feel feelings as intensely as you or I. Well, here's a great example of this. And I I know that you'll know that this is true. I've been waking up to realize, uh, oh, my wife didn't sleep in the bed last night. And I'll go downstairs and make coffee after her and the kid have left. 
and uh, the guest room will be, you know, will look as if someone slept in it. And I've talked to her about it. I'm like, what's going on? And she's like, look, I'm a really light sleeper, and you've been snoring a lot lately. Probably on account of the LB gainage. And, uh, <laughs> which she has told me, by the way, which that's neat. But anyway, yeah. well, you I will know- get sleep apnea. Once you, once you get like 30 pounds overweight, you start getting the sleep apnea. Well, it's not good. Well, once you get thin, that snoring goes away again. I think I have, I've heard it goes away. I don't know. I've never gotten thin. I think she sort of does it to encourage me to lose weight. But, but the thing is, I know it's not that personal. I know she just needs to sleep because she's got a long day and she's just doing what's best for her. But I, I mean, goddamn, if I don't take it personally every time, it happened this morning. It's one of the reasons I'm grumpy. Well, I have a baby. I have a three-year-old girl and my wife in bed with me. So I do what your wife does, which is like I'll go into my son's room because he's here half the time and then at his mom's half the time. And when he's not here, I'll just go in there. It's a comfy bed. The sheets are like 15 years old from when he was a baby. So they're <laughs> super soft because <laughs> I don't buy things for him at all. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's real good. It's great. My daughter literally has one million dollars worth of things that my wife has bought her my son i've spent maybe fifty dollars in 13 years on things for him (laughs) including those soft soft sheets that i got at pottery barn which were like 49 dollars. right so anyways i'll just go in there and sleep well not even sleep i'll just go in there and fucking play candy crutch or solitaire without because if i Literally, if I go into my wife's bedroom, I call it my wife's bedroom. It's my fucking bedroom, by the way. I call it my wife's bedroom. When I go in there at night, it's as dark as the tomb of Dracula in there. Mm -hmm. And I'll go in there, and I've got my iPad on the lowest setting. It's basically, there's like a thousand degrees from bright, from like normal human being looking at a light, which is the a thousand and zero, which is black, which is like you can't see anything because it's black. And I'll put it on one, which you basically, you know, like when you're when you're calibrating uh, your video game system, you probably don't know this, but when you're calibrate, it says calibrate it until you can see like an X. And then when you can see an X, then you've got it. Mm-hmm. So basically I put my iPad on the setting where you can just barely start seeing anything. And it's too Which bright. is like, it's like one lumen. And it's, it's like a, a fox might be able to detect that there's something going on there. But it's too bright. In bed. Oh, it's fucking not just too bright. It's like, God damn it, motherfucker! I can't sleep with that fucking light! I'm like, all right, I'll just go into the other room then with my fucking one lumen iPad and play Candy Crush. Well, our our wives... Things are good. Things are great here, by the way. Oh, yeah, we'll file that under uh, I'm okay column for sure. <laughs> The thing is, man, to, 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 to stand up for them for a second, they, yeah. they don't have decades, the way we do, of sleeping in the most horrifying conditions known, oh, yeah. known to the touring, known to the free man. Yeah. We're not, I'm not talking in the trenches of war here, but for what we do for, I mean, dude, when I, in my younger touring days, in the slumming days, 
I used to sleep in fans' apartments. You ever you ever do that shit where you're on a tour, you don't have money for hotel rooms, you're asking what, fans have, at the show, "Can I crash at your place tonight?" Have you ever, I ever slept in a room with 150 <laughs> live rats in it, <laughs> in cages that line the walls? Oh yeah, I've done that. Wow. Have I lived in a house where everything in the house was devoted, like a piece of art devoted to Satan, and there was thousands of pieces of art, including in the shower, a rope that went across the shower that had all dead hanging babies. Not real babies, doll babies, Mm -hmm. but bloody hung corpse doll babies. Right. So that one Lumen iPad, it doesn't even... It's a pebble in the waterfall of the shit we've lived with. But they don't have that experience. I know. It's still ridiculous. My, my, my wife's version of that, it's not an iPad, but I sleep with my in-ear. I sleep with uh, headphones on. But these mm-hmm. are really good, like, professional-grade, molded in-ear monitors. They're, they're fairly isolated. Yeah. And, uh, but the thing that I always get, no matter what, is just a little nudge. Like, she's immediately woken up, and it's like, turn it down. <laughs> like god damn it god right that's what i need it, to sleep i, I it's like it's like one listen. one db yeah it's barely on she basically wants me to turn it off turn it down means turn it off so it's interesting man well it's the you know what it is it's the princess and the motherfucking p you know the story the, the fable the princess and the what the princess and the motherfucking p i think is the Grimm's fairy tale no, I don't know yeah. that story. So, <laughs> can I just use the word bitch a lot in this show? I'm not going to, I'll try not to. Use, I'm just not going to use it. So, this <laughs> this wonderful lady. Great I've talk, just been using by the, the way. <laughs> that was a great talk. Great convo. Great <laughs> great meeting. <laughs> I, f- I feel closer to you, dude. <laughs> this show's going great. <laughs> <laughs> this is just... <laughs> This is just two guys who haven't slept, who are, whose wives hate them, oh, God. who are, are just trying to fucking cling, cling to just the, the side of a fucking mountain of shit, and they're trying to fucking do a podcast yeah, this to is fucking entertain people with definitely. while they're fucking, the wind is blowing. Oh no! Yeah, we, we we look into the void. We we we've peered over the event horizon. It's not good news, by the way. <coughs> no, it's not good. Right, so, anyways, so what's the deal with this princess? Princess in the pea. To make a long story short, this chick shows up at these people's apartment. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> Which is usually what happens in a Grimm's fairy tale. <laughs> they're, they're in Manhattan. <laughs> she's just laughing. She's like, I'm a princess, and um, I'm not I'm too far from home. Can I stay here tonight? Or something. Or, I, no, maybe it's like uh, she's she's going to marry their son or some bullshit. I don't fucking know. Anyways, they're dubious about her princess story. So they're like, you know what? If she's a princess, we'll put a P under her mattress, and then... That'll prove whether she's a princess or not, because princes are real fucking bitches that's when some, it comes to peas under their mattress. That's they like pre- a lot of comfort. That's some pretty killer uh, detective work there. 
So they put a P in there, and then she wakes up the next day. She's like, I can't sleep. I'm so I can't sleep. And then so they put like, a, eventually there's like 25 mattresses, and she's sleeping on the top of this fucking rickety pile of fucking mattresses, and there's a P at the bottom. And she's like, I can't sleep. And they're like, oh, I guess she's a fucking princess. Oh, Jesus. Wow. I think she, we'll let her marry this her son so she can fucking tell him to turn his shit off at night yeah she slept because, she uh, slept on a pile of 800 mattresses but the but the one db dave matthews band album is too loud so have you been listening to a lot of dave matthews <laughs> yeah still still rocking it how are you feeling about it i'm having a good time man i i am noticing i've been sort of in mesh and i've been going through as we've mentioned before on the show sort of nostalgic thing i have been noticing though that the the cracks and the the cracks in the machine. Yeah, I think and, if you listen to anything long enough, you're going to start seeing where the weak spots are. Well, I'm just, you know, like, we've all been on the planet a while now. And, you know, he's been making music since I was a kid. And so I'm just noticing, you know, his voice isn't what it used to be. Maybe the songwriting isn't quite what it used to be. It's, it's still great. It's still what I love. Here's the deal, dude. I like the essence of bands. Like... My favorite bands can make bad records or have a bad season, and I'm kind of still on the ride because I like the I like what I don't know I like the essence of a band. When Metallica was making Saint Anger, which is one of the worst records ever, I, they were still my band. You know what I mean? Yeah. You kind of have to go on a journey with these people. Same with filmmakers. Brian De Palma is one of my favorite filmmakers. I don't like everything he did, but you know, I know, on, but it's so it's so rare that people come back from that. Like that, I'm I'm fine with staying on the ride as long as there's a chance that they'll come back. Paul Simon is a good example of somebody got a little rickety there for a minute, but he's kind of back. That last record was pretty good. There's some good songs on there. Yeah, record before that, there's some good songs before, but the record before that was truly shitty. I mean, but you know, I he's made so many great records. I'm like, I'll check out whatever he puts out. Yeah. Right. Same with like Tom Petty, the last few records he put out were pretty shitty, but there was always a, a, a chance he was going to put out a good record. So I would check him out. Yeah. I liked his, his Mojo and hypnotic guy. I, I liked those records. We got them on vinyl. We spin them. Yeah. But you're a guitar player. And yeah. I think if you're a guitar player, you're going to like those records. Cause that guitar playing is cool. Like, the songs aren't very good. The, yeah, the musicianship's pretty good. Yeah, and they and they the records sound great. Like they're recorded great. Right. But it's true. Like you know, if you wrote, if you wrote "Free Fallen" and "I Won't Back Down" and "Running Down a Dream" in 1989, and it's 2016, what are you gonna do? Write "Free Fallen" Part Two? That ain't gonna happen. Without the cocaine, too. By the way. <laughs> without the drug, without the candy, <laughs> candy crush. Yeah, without without the fucking crutch. Without that fucking heroin slash cocaine combo, which all the greatest music has been written using, I have been uh, travel. I've traveled with you working, and I've seen you play. I've seen you hold up in a bunk playing Candy Crush. I've actually seen this. Well, now I only allow myself to play Candy Crush when I'm traveling on the road. So either in an airplane or on the bus. So it's like a, I, it's I, like won't, a treat. I won't. Yeah, I won't do it at home because once I start doing the Candy Crush. At home, I'm like, I don't care about anything. I don't care about my family. I don't care about my daughter or my son. I don't care about sleep. I don't care about work. I don't care about hygiene. Nothing. 
I don't care about any, like basically like a heroin junkie. So I, st- I don't do it at home. Wow. Yeah. So I'll tell you what I did here. Speaking of things we like, things we don't like. Uh, my wife was playing some Kate Bush in the car. Yeah. <clears throat> I hate Kate Bush. Man. Did you, ever, did you ever listen to Kate Bush? I don't know her work that well, but I love that song she did with Peter Gabriel, Don't Give Up. Oh, yeah, that's a pretty good song. But that's a Peter Gabriel song. Right. I don't I don't know her work. It's horrible. Her voice is the most annoying, horrible voice of all it's time. It's like real, is it real like synthy 80s-y shit? No, it's real high. It's super high pitch. I mean, her it music. Doesn't even sound like, it doesn't even sound like a human. No, it's just her voice. Her voice is super high. She's got a song called Weathering Heights. Yeah. And it's like, I'm I'm a ghost. I'm coming back for you. Anyway, I was like checking out. I was like, oh, this might be a cool song to like play as a man. And if it's a ghost story, maybe it's a cool song. So I like, you know, downloaded the lyrics and figured it out and then realized, oh, no, this is a super turd. This song, it was a giant hit for her. Oh, it's a super turd. Yeah. Anyways, and it reminded me of this chick that I I dated a witch who was really into Kate Bush. I guess the witch community is into Kate Bush, or they used to be like 20 years ago. And you, of course, I'm guessing mean witch. Like, she was into the earth and the seasons and holistic medicine. She wasn't like a, a, you know, the eye of a newt. She wasn't putting a toad in a cauldron, was she? No, she was straight up practicing. Uh, she was a practicing Wiccan. Like, right. there, uh, Austin has the biggest uh, community of Wiccan worshipers or witches or whatever you want to call them uh, anywhere in the country, per capita, supposedly, or, or did at one point. Uh, so, yeah, she was one of the, you know, she like did spells and stuff and lit candles and did all this shit. <laughs> she, and I like and that I those two, like, those two things are in a list together. Well, she what do we mean what do you mean she was a witch? Well, she uh did spells, check, and she lit <laughs> candles. Oh, wait a minute. Ooh. No, that was part of that was part of spell casting is lighting <laughs> candles. Like that was part of their deal. Like you 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 have an intention, you have some thought and then you light a candle with that thought, or you say that thought out loud while you light the candle. It's kind of like any. It's kind of like prayer. It's kind of like any sort of religious uh, sort of ritual that you do. Yeah, um, it helps direct your thinking and, and the decision making that you do. I think it's, I think it's kind of cool. I mean, I'm. I think if you believe in something and. Uh, you can direct your subconscious in a certain way. You can really manifest all kinds of things in your, in, in the world that seem like magic really, but it's just you making a lot of tiny, minute decisions subconsciously that bring about a certain, you know, outcome. I think. I agree. I, and I think, I think calling it magic's cool too. Like, yeah, I think, I think rational people have to, work to reclaim words like magic or spirituality. I've been using the words, I've been talking about my own spirituality a lot, which is confusing to some people because I'm not religious at all. I'm an atheist. I don't believe in any gods or anything, but 
you know, like I because I'm a musician, I think about it connected to music a lot. Or I, I I'm on a stage seeing what music does to people, or how it how it kind of changes my reality seemingly. And of course, it's not magic, and of course, there's not a spirit. But I think those words do a pretty good job of describing how those things feel, and that's okay, you know. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think uh, I think spirit. I mean, I don't. I hate the term spirituality just because it sounds so new agey. It's been co-opted. Though, that's what I'm saying. I prefer just thinking about like I. Co- where where somebody would use the word spiritual, I would say I believe in God. Right. And then people would really confuse that with like religion, which I don't believe in at all. Right. But I, I do think like I pray all the time. I, I mean I, I've been sober. I just celebrated twenty three years of sobriety. Congrats. Uh, That's great. Thanks. Like uh two nights ago. I twenty I got I quit drinking twenty three years ago and two days ago. And to quit drinking, I had to believe in a make-believe God, and I had to pray to it and ask that God to help me stay sober. And I did that because they told me to do that, and it worked. So then I'm like, well, fuck. If it works, then I'll do it. I'm not going to ask questions. And so I still do that. To this day, I ask some imaginary thing that may or may not exist, probably doesn't exist, and probably definitely doesn't exist the way I think it exists. But I ask that thing to help me do things that I can't do on my own or I don't think I can do on my own, and then I'm able to do them. Hmm. How that works or why that works, I don't care. And I don't, you know, I could say, oh, it's my subconscious. I'm redirecting my subconscious using this prayer system, which is probably true, but I don't think about it too much i just do it because it works i like the voice that you the character you kind of went into a little bit there my subconscious yeah you know (laughs) my subconscious stuff you know where all the stuff lives that's makes up the stuff that i do you know it's like joey from the bronx and he just knows enough big words to get himself into conversational trouble but he doesn't really know know much Let's talk about some, because we're running out of time. This podcast, we haven't talked about it. Uh, uh, I don't know what we've, what we've talked about, but I do want to, I have some stuff that I wanted to talk about. So I saw this movie, Rebecca. Okay. You ever heard of that movie? Mm, it's not it's, ringing a bell. Ni- it's a 1940 oh, Alfred yeah. Hitchcock movie. I, I have seen it, and um, uh, I absolutely hated it. <laughs> I, I swear to God, I've seen it, and I hated every second of it. Is this the where, where the chick is like wanting to marry the widow guy? Yeah, Laurence Olivier plays a widow. Yeah, and then this chick meets him in a like a hotel, and then he marries her, and then he's haunted by his ex, who's like she died or something, right? She drowned, and she's super beautiful, and everybody loved her. And she's being he's he's being haunted by she's being gaslighted by like someone who works for him or something, right? Well, the maid. Who right. works at the at the place is fucking crazy as fuck. She's right. like so super insane. So you don't know what's going on, and and uh, it's all you know film noir looking. It's black and white, you oh. know, and it's it's got that Alfred Hitchcock vibe. Love it. And, I love him. And Lawrence Olivier is this fucking suave, smooth motherfucker. Yeah, totally. But uh, I mean, it was okay. It's anyway. I watched it because it's my wife's favorite movie. Wow. So I was like, I, I should watch it. And check it out. And then I watched it and I was like, oh, this is basically our story. This is the story of me and my wife, kind of. 
And then I told her that after I watched it. And she's like, I'm not naive like that girl in the movie. I'm clever and smart. I'm like, I know. You're, but, the, you're the maid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're the evil fucking maid, bitch. No, I'm like, well, I, I, I know that. And I wouldn't have married you if I thought you were some dumb, naive, you know, little girl. But that's what she came across as when I first met her. And I think that's what people think she is when they meet her. Hmm, she, she, comes, she comes across that way. But she's not. She's real smart. Real. You know what I love about, about that story is that you, after all these years, you guys have been together for a minute. You got a kid together. Yeah, eight years. I, no. I, I dig the fact that uh, you wanted to watch her favorite movie. Like you were interested in what one of her favorite things are. I think that's that's something that I really tre- when it happens in my own relationships, I really value that because it uh, it means a lot when someone's willing to check out something they know that you love, even though they may not like it. I mean, you kind of got off easy because it's a Hitchcock film and he's like a master, but I think that's pretty cool. Did it? Did it? Did she think it was cool that you watched her favorite movie? Yeah, I think so. I think she, I think she appreciated that. Here's what she appreciates: me listening to her to ramble on about whatever, right? Which I just I just don't do. It's hard for me to do, right? Uh, but yeah, that's the thing she wants me to do the most. Are you? Are you? <laughs> what's going on? What's going uh, my on wife just came into the door. I'm doing a podcast with Bob. It's all right. It's no big deal. She's just home from work at 9.30 in the morning. <laughs> Did you get fired t- today? <laughs> okay. She says she wished she got fired. <laughs> well, she might as well be fired. It's 9.30 a.m. I think she took the morning off because she wasn't feeling well, and then we're trying to buy this car today. So I get it. Okay. Well, well that's a good place to maybe put a fork in it. Put a yeah. Is that what it's called when you when you stop talking? Put a fork in it. Yeah, which I don't really understand the derivation of the phrase. All right, I don't know what we learned in this episode, but there it was. There's episode uh, episode number three of uh, I'm okay, you're okay. I'm not okay. You're not okay. I'm Bob Schneider. Clint Wells. All right, we'll see you next time. Peace. Peace. Peace.